Welcome to Narda Gusson Teaching Broadcast. I am Narda Gusson, your host, and I thank you for joining me right here on His Royal Diadems Radio, where we share and glean from the Word of God each week. My prayer is that your time spent with me will be both encouraging and educational so that you can be equipped and empowered in the things of the Lord. Now join me as we tune in to a broadcast already in session. Today I have a word from the Lord and I believe this word is going to speak to our hearts and and this word will transform your life if you apply the principles of God's word through faith and obedience. Abba, in your presence is where we find joy and strength. It is in your presence we encounter peace and hope for the days ahead. There are many tuned in from all over the world today. I ask that you speak to their hearts. Speak to those who are needing to hear a word from you, from those who need a touch from you, because if we don't hear from you, O Lord, what will we do? We need directions and we need answers. So Holy Spirit, we ask you to come. Come now and instruct and speak to our lives and our hearts and teach us how we ought to live. Open the truth and the revelation from your word. And let these words go now forth as arrows and let them pierce through the darkness of thoughts and imaginations, through hopelessness and despair, and let them tear through the realms of the principalities and powers so that people, hearts, lives are transformed and free today. In Yeshua's name, amen and amen. Well, once again, I welcome you to this week's continued teaching on the Armor of God series. And we thank you for joining us each week. And I trust that you are gleaning biblical truths that puts gas uh, into your spiritual reservoir, into your spiritual uh, tank. Amen. And uh, we've made it to lesson five. And in recapping last Thursday's teaching, we covered the shoes of peace and the purpose that uh, these special shoes serve the Christian soldier. And that is to keep us securely grounded and pressing forward. Amen. Our foundational text will be taken from the book of Ephesians chapter 6 and beginning at verse 10. And it reads, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we are not contending against flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers, against the world rulers of this present darkness, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness arrayed, and with your feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times, with every kind of prayer and petition. And to this end, stay alert with all perseverance in your prayers for all the saints. Amen. Today we are going to learn about a supernatural shield called the shield of faith. 
And as always, to best understand the spiritual analogies that the Apostle Paul is writing about, the Holy Spirit must be the teacher, amen? And he must reveal these hidden truths that can only be understood by the Spirit. And up until now, Paul's description of the armor of God has been compared to items we wear. Because the armor is symbolic, he speaks to us in a metaphorical manner to give us uh, this mental picture or visual of what Christ is to us and what he is prepared to be within us, within the believer, while we sojourn through this everyday life. Because we put on the belt, right? We put on the breastplate and shoes. And these three pieces of armor fundamentally hold themselves up, which causes us to remain stable and unmovable in our resolve, in our quest, and in our pursuit of his plan. But the shield is a, a bit different in that this particular piece of armor is something we take up. You see, putting on and taking up requires two different actions. Amen. And so simply having uh, the shield tied or strapped, you know, strapped to our arms will not be enough if we fail to raise it up. So it is a piece of arsenal that we are expected to raise. And so to better understand this concept, let's look at how the shield worked within the Roman army. Now, the, the Roman shield also uh, known as the scutum, was not this antiquated shield that we've often been exposed to seeing in, you know, like films and pictures, just like the shoes, they weren't open-toed shoes. The Roman shield was very large and rectangular in shape, and it sort of resembled a door. It had uh, slight curves, and, and these curves were actually designed deliberately because it helped avert and repel attacks without transferring the full uh, force of the charge or the full weight of the attack to the soldier holding the shield. Now, within the center of this shield was found a large metal knob that was called a boss. Strange name, but the boss was used in an offensive capacity that, that allowed the soldier man to force back and, and knock an opponent backwards, okay? And it is said that two-thirds of a scutum or a shield uh, could cover one whole soldier and one-third of another. And as far as uh, size, which could vary, it could range about three and a half feet tall and almost three feet wide. So as we can already begin to see, the scutum or the, the shield served as a remarkable line of defense, providing a great deal of protection from the enemy individually, but also collectively. And I'll share more light on, on that aspect of um, the collective aspect later in this teaching, okay? Now, if we are given an armor, it must be for the obvious, right? So let's take a closer peep at this battle we are said to be engaged in. Because, listen, if, we're, if we are to win battles, we must know who the players are and the rules of engagement. And if not, hear me, beloved, we're going to be like that, box, that boxer who's always swinging, but only beating the air and hitting absolutely nothing. And I don't know about you, but I want to leave marks on God's historical timeline. I don't want to beat the air. I want to hit my targets. Amen. And I'm sure you do too. 
Okay, so the book of Ephesians describes this battle and, and Paul begins by making clear that first of all, it is not a fight of flesh and blood, okay? It is spiritual. And he then further reveals that what we fight is a standoff against the wiles of the enemy. And what exactly are, are these wiles? Well, the wiles are the ruses or the deceits, the ploys and the tricks and, and, and the deceptions the enemy hurls at us. Then Paul begins to name or label the players or the entities, you know, the who and the what we are fighting against. And they are principalities, powers, the rulers of the darkness of this world, spiritual wickedness in the heavenly realms. And, and I'm, in another teaching, I'm going to break those down because as much as uh, uh, disorder and chaos that Satan um, brings, he actually has a kingdom that is organized and we need to know the tactics of our enemy amen and because we are fighting a battle that is geared to escalate and keep man in bondage to sin and to keep out the light of the truth of the gospel we are giving clues to the significance to the importance of this armor and the things that i've already established and pointed out in these last five weeks the armor is the believer's way or the soldier's way to stand and be strong in the Lord. It is the way the believer effectively finds the strength and the spirit of might to activate and appropriate all the defenses and offenses he needs to successfully, successfully contend in this combat. Now listen, friends, the symbolic description of this supernatural armor is the Lord Yeshua himself. Okay. And who he has come readily prepared. He's, you know, he to be our victor, to be our champion. When we go into warfare, we are not alone. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And the reality is that there will be difficult times, but God promises to be our refuge. Glory to God. So these pieces of armor are not to be taken lightly, but rather we lay hold of them. Amen. Because as we lay hold of them, we are essentially laying hold of Christ himself because he is our strong defense against every satanic attack. He is our shield and the shield of faith is our first line of defense and protection that we take and make under the legal covering of his authority. So it's not just Christ merely uh, being available to us like, you know, like some piece of jewelry we, we embellish on ourselves so as to make one look important, like the Pharisees and Sadducees who went around, you know, snobs and, and looking important. But it is Christ, Yeshua, the Messiah, properly fitted and planted within us because he is prepared to be and to do the good work within each of us. Amen. And if we stay ready, constantly reminding ourselves of these great truths they will set us apart by keeping our hearts at rest and place us in a position of peace so that now that these three pieces the, the belt of truth the breastplate of righteousness and the shoes of peace that are now governing our lives right the shield of faith can rely on its foundational strength thus anchoring and grounding us securely now we all know that no matter how strong we can be, 
or how strong we've been in times past. No matter how many battles we've won, every one of us knows that there are going to be times when we are afflicted and face discouragement. And we can read through biblical history to see where the greatest of men and women had their share of a fight. And today you might find yourself contending with depression or maybe something has recently happened in your life or within your family dynamics that has left you uh, filled with doubts and insecurities. And if we are honest with ourselves and with God, we, we have become fearful and we, we come to a place where we just don't know how to make sense of it. You know, have you ever felt that way that just life threw a curved ball and you, you just couldn't make sense of what was happening around you? Well, it is in times like this that I want you to remember these words. When you cannot trace his plan, trust his promise. And I'm going to repeat that. When you cannot trace his plan, trust his promise. Because honestly, we don't always have it together. We may look like we have it together. We may sound like we, we have it together, but we really don't. And there will be moments when we face despair and we can be consumed with grief and you know to be fair we may not necessarily even have a reason as to why we even feel this way or why these things are happening we may not even have a logical explanation you know we can't even put our finger on it as life can sometimes make absolutely no sense at all but hear me friend i know what it is to be filled with trauma and fear I know what it is to, feel, to, you know, to have the carpet pulled from under your feet. I know what it is to have days of being drowned in anxiety that turns into weeks and months. I know what it is to, to have sudden feelings and be caught in a ferocious whirlwind and you don't even know what you did wrong. I know what it feels to contend with the unexpected encounters of loneliness and unworthiness and all the other junk and lies the enemy will throw our way. But I come to tell you that I also know, glory to God, the power of the Messiah and the power of this supernatural armor. Hear me, beloved. When this begins to happen, when these things, unexpected things begin to happen, Paul calls it the flaming darts of the evil one. These are the shrewd and wicked williness and maneuvers of Satan. You see, Satan knows just how to shoot his flaming arrows at our vulnerable places. Places that we have left exposed and uncovered. And these can include ungodly and hateful thoughts. These can uh, also include thoughts of lust, rage and murder, revenge, anger, feelings of despair and hopelessness. Sudden fears like panic attacks and, and anxieties, and you don't even know what you're being anxious about. Anybody ever had those? All sorts of medical attacks or, or head attacks. Doubt and unbelief that causes one to question uh, the authentic authenticity and authority of the word as when Satan tempted Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Hmm. Or how about when he tempted Yeshua in the wilderness and, and said, if thou be the son of God. Thoughts that leave us with, you know, this little grain of doubt to what God has spoken, declared and decreed about who we are in him and his love for us. These are the flaming arrows. So how does one utilize the shield of faith? 
Well, let's look at some uh, characteristics of this divine weapon. The shield is the first line of defense. And Roman soldiers used their shields to ward off the initial bombardments from the enemy. And by, by using bows or catapults, the enemy would shoot like, you know, these flaming arrows. He would hurl fireballs, fling rough metal darts that would be covered in pitch and then set on fire, all for the purpose of overwhelming the other side. And this type of bombardment is a strategy used to create chaos and confusion within the camps. And this, my friend, is a tactic the devil still uses. You see, Satan tries to do the same thing to us. He shoots barrages of assaults and lies on the body of, of Yeshua to create confusion and division in our lives. Another characteristic is that a shield guards. Hebrews 4 and verse 14 says, let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and grace to help us in our time of need. So here we have it, folks. The promise that God has given us for every situation or crisis in our lives, in our time of need. So whenever you have a need, you have a guard. Amen. Another characteristic is that a shield deflects, it swerves, it bounces off, it repels, it ricochets, it, it prevents. So faith in God and his word will cause those fiery arrows to bounce off the shield of faith, causing them not to be able to penetrate into our minds and soul. Now let's go to Hebrew uh, chapter 6, beginning at verse 17. And it reads, Indeed, men swear an oath by one greater than themselves and with them in all disputes. The oath serves as confirmation of what has been said and is an end of the dispute. In the same way, God, now listen, listen to this, this is so beautiful. In the same way, God, in his desire to show the heirs of the promise, that's you and me, the unchangeable nature of his purpose intervened and guaranteed it with an oath so that by two unchangeable things, his promise and his oath, in which it is impossible for God to lie, we, that's you and me, that's you and me, we who have fled to him for refuge, for protection, okay, would have strong encouragement and indwelling strength to hold tightly to the, to the hope set before us. This hope, okay, this confidence assurance we have as an anchor of the soul. It cannot slip and it cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. Glory to God. A safe and steadfast hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, the most holy place in which the very presence of God dwells where Yeshua has entered in advance as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever. Glory to God. Amen. So you might feel like you're going to break. You, you, you may feel like you're going to break down and snap. I want you to hear me. The shield of faith will protect you and keep you intact. Another characteristic trait is that a shield can incapacitate. In other words, it can injure and weaken the enemy. In Matthew 4, verse 10 and 11, it says that after Yeshua, you know, the devil took him into the wilderness to tempt him. And, and, and this is what the scripture says. 
Yeshua said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the scripture further tells us that the devil left him alone and angels came and ministered, you know, attended to him. So when we fight back, we fight back with the word. Our response should be with the word. And when we are uh, responding with the word, we are essentially raising the shield of faith. And thus it begins to do what it was created to do, to douse the flaming arrows of the enemy. A man of, uh, named uh, Martin, Lo Martin Lloyd-Jones, who was an influential uh, in the reformed wing of the, uh, the British evangelical movement in the 20th century, once said, faith in the shield of faith means application of what we believe as an answer to everything that the devil hurls at us. And I'm going to repeat that. Faith in the shield of faith means application of what we believe as an answer to everything that the devil hurls at us. Now, the flaming arrows of the enemy, they come in various form, which may seem to arise um, out of our own thoughts, making us feel, you know, like if something is wrong with us, when it is the devil actually whispering to us. And sometimes these thoughts, they are intrusive and can invade heavily upon our thinking in a suddenly fashion. These thoughts can come during times of prayer. We can be meditating, uh, reading. I mean, they can flash images and uh, filthy new thoughts, hateful thoughts. I mean, they can just come out of what would appear to be nowhere. Has that ever happened to you? All of, you know, you're doing something, you're, you're focusing on something and just uh, these intrusive thoughts and you wonder where in the world did that come from? But whatever shape they may take, remember that these ungodly thoughts are always from the same source, Satan himself. These are the fiery, flaming darts of the wicked one. He's the one communicating and influencing us through the medium of thought. Now, we must deal with them according to 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And many times what happens is that the believer just makes, you know, he makes light of it. And so he fails to apply the instructions. And then by neglecting to do so, these imaginations and these thoughts can either increase in its volume and when that volume goes up, it turns into harassment because you, now you just can't get it out of your head. Your, your, your life begins to be filled with anxiety and worry and you just can't shake this feeling. Or they can hide within the subconscious. The word of God, and I want you to hear me good. The word of God never ever tells us to ignore them or permit them to remain. And I can't say this enough. Do not allow them to remain. So hear, hear me, beloved. We are commanded to cast them down. That's what 2 Corinthians 5 tells us to do. Another thing these flaming arrows come to do is attack our position in Christ as the only source of our truth and our righteousness. So we cannot depend or rely on our feelings because our feelings, you know, and emotions, they are fickle. You know, one day they are up and then another day they're down. So not checking or putting a slap on our feelings can cause us to even doubt our own salvation. These insinuations of doubt, my friends, they're deadly. And they are always, they are always, always an attack on areas of faith. This is how dangerous and deadly these flaming arrows are. 
but the Holy Spirit will help us to recognize and discern them if we remain constant to walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Amen. These are the evil thoughts and imaginations of what 2 Corinthians 10 verse 3 to 5 speak of. And so let, let's read them. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought, not some thoughts, every thoughts to the obedience of Christ. We've got to make them submit and yield to the Lordship of Jesus. This is what it means to take up the shield of faith. It means coming to a practical conclusion from the ground of truth we are standing in. And Yeshua is our truth. He is our peace. He is our righteousness. Amen. And so we apply the word by, an by answering thoughts which arise within us that would want to deviate or tempt us to disobey or to doubt what God has said. This is how we resist the devil. In fact, the Roman soldier outer shield was covered with layers of leather. And before going into combat, the shield would often be dipped into water to keep uh, the leather wet. And this was like, like really important because when the enemy shot flaming objects at the soldier, right? Not only would they be blocked by the shield, but the wet le uh, leather would snuff out the flames of the burning arrows and the other projectiles that came flying at them. But if a soldier forgot to dip and, and lubricate his shield in water, the leather would dry out. And instead of his shield serving as a protective apparatus, it now became a deadly flammable weapon that endangered everyone on the team. This now powerful shield that was used as a source of protection uh, had, the, uh, had the capability to now cause harm and danger, not only to himself, but to the soldiers in his group. So there are spiritual consequences for a, a soldier forgetting or being ne neglectful in his duties to maintain proper care of his armor. Our faith is the shield that protects us and we must wet it daily with the word, amen, with the water of the word so that the flaming arrows the enemy launches at us can be snuffed out, amen. There is another character trait that to me is just like one of the most amazing ones. Not that they're all not important, but this one here really, really made me um, think about a lot of things uh, about the body of Christ. There is strength in numbers of shields. And the, the Roman military, you know, they had a very ingenious and valuable tactic that made use of their large shields. And this tactic was often used when enemies would begin firing uh, arrows and other objects at the militia. The soldiers were trained to close ranks into a rectangular order. And this was called the tesudo or the tortoise formation. And the soldiers on the outside, they would take their shields to create like um, a barricade or a wall and, uh, around the borders. Then the, the other soldiers who were in the middle would raise their shields over their heads to protect everyone um, from the flying warheads or the missiles that, you know, were coming at them. And this formation resulted in a formidable human-like tank that could 
could only be stopped through like some aggressive, uh, tremendous means of effort. Okay. Let's turn to Ephesians chapter four and beginning at verse 11, because this is synonymous. Their tactic and, and this scripture here that I'm about to read to you. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Yeshua, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Yeshua, from the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part, that's you and me, that's the body, by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so when the people of God, just like the Roman army, join its shield together, it becomes an unstoppable force. If we, God's people, that's you and me, simply join our shields, we will all strengthen each other in the faith, building and edifying one another in the spirit of meekness, oneness, and unity through love. We will succeed in the mission of which we are called in Yeshua. Because this is not a one-man show, or, nor is it a one-man event. We can build empires, which we know what happens. They eventually come tumbling down. Or together we can build his kingdom because this battle is a battle for all our kingdom siblings, all our brothers and sisters, both near and far. Amen. People of God, hear me. The shield of faith is supremely important. And if we do not intelligently and judiciously walk as accountable disciples, we will experience constant weakness because we will fail. We fail to appropriate the tools given to us and we will muddle through life, which will weaken the faith, placate our witness and lower our morals. But when we dip, Oh, somebody say, take a dip. (laughs) When we dip our faith in the word of God, it will keep our faith wet because Roman 10:17 says, so faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Yeshua. Amen. Our shield of faith stems from the belief. And, and you know, that belief comes from the belt of truth. Now you see how they all work together? And it is hidden and, he- and these truths now are held and hidden in our hearts by the breastplate of righteousness. <laughs> there you go. And then it stands on the gospel of the shoes of peace. This is our belief in who and what Yeshua is to us. Faith is now acting upon that belief. Faith is a legal act. It is a military action with a motion of conviction that says, you know, I believe with all my heart and soul that Yeshua is my truth and the righteousness and the peace on which I stand. And because his word is truth, then all his promises must follow. This, my beloved, is the shield of faith. 
And in closing, to the church I ask, is your shield of faith wet daily with the watering of the word? Or is it a flaming weapon causing pain and problems among your fellow comrades? And to the rest, if you are without the Lord, this is your invitation. Come and take cover under this shield. The Lord loves you and has a purpose and plan for your life. Will you come for salvation tonight or today or this morning? If you have heard his voice, do not harden your heart, but come. Come and settle things with God before the door closes because tomorrow is not promised to you. The invitation is open for all who will come. Father, I have obeyed your voice. I have delivered your word to your people. Now sanctify them through thy truth, for thy word is true. Thank you for tuning in to Narda Goodson Ministries teaching broadcast. I am Narda Goodson, your host. Be sure to tune in next week, same time, same place, for another powerful, life-changing, burden-removing, yoke-destroying, anointed word of God, where Yeshua is Lord, and of his kingdom there shall be. Shalom.